Hello and welcome to the Golden Power Hour podcast, where we are opening doors through open minds and real estate. I'm Kristen Steed. And I'm Carrie Bedore, and we are with Golden Link Real Estate Services. Golden Link specializes in real estate agent development with a vision of helping people live the best life ever. Ooh, Carrie, I've got an exciting topic for us to talk about today. We are talking about agent expectations. And I am super excited about this one because we're going to talk about it from a couple of different angles. The agent perspective, the broker perspective, and the client customer perspective. I'm so passionate about this because I personally feel like so many of life's disappointments come from mismanaged expectations. And studies report that only about half of all workers strongly indicate that they know what's expected of them, like just half. And I think as a real estate agent, it doesn't matter if you've been in the industry for one week, one decade, one thing is for sure, the expectations are constantly changing. So let's jump into it. Like, I think one of the first questions that I'd love to ask you is, what do you think it's like for, let's say, a new agent what they think a career in real estate is going to be like versus what it actually ends up being like? Well, Kristen, that is a very, very interesting question that you ask. And honestly, I think that there can be a plethora of stories and answers to that. Okay. I have seen someone and and I'm thinking of an agent in particular, amazing, totally outgoing lady, super smart, worked in corporate America for many, many, many years, huge circle of friends and family. So it just made sense for her to transition into real estate, which she wanted to do. She wanted to get out of corporate America. She wanted to sell a couple houses, make that transition where she could ease into retirement a little bit or that second career change. She wasn't necessarily ready to retire yet. Okay. She was so excited, got beautiful work done, you know, on her website and you'd got a social media stuff out there and went and got her sphere of influence all hyped up that she was going to be a real estate agent and didn't sell a darn thing for six months. (laughs) It was very interesting to watch how it affected her, right? Her expectations were that her friends and family were going to find out that she was a real estate agent and she was just magically going to have all of these clients that were going to be marching into her inbox and texting her and calling her. And the reality is, is that you've got to work harder for it and you have to be strategic in the way that you're doing your outreach. And especially when you're a new agent, What I don't think this particular agent was expecting, as a lot of new agents are, is your sphere of influence probably knows at least two or three other real estate agents. And if they know two or three other real estate agents and you're a brand new agent, what is going to be the differentiator to work with you? And it is a very big thing that new agents need to overcome and know how to have that conversation with with a potential client so they can 
earn the business. It's not just given to you in, in most cases. That is fascinating because what I see on TV as an example is <laughs> it looks like this luxurious career that you are attracted to the freedom and flexibility. All of your friends and family are going to use you like no questions asked. They're just going to like come to you automatically. There's this unlimited income potential. And yes, like all those things are true. But there is so much grit and hustle that you have to have. And like you hit the nail on the head too, like strategy. There is so much strategy in real estate and understanding what are those consistent actions and behaviors that are going to help you be successful. And I just think the expectations of it are so interesting because you see what it looks like on the surface and there are so many moving parts to being successful in real estate. Like you're saying, people who know people already, how you position yourself, how you work your sphere of influence, there's just so much to it. Because the reality of it, even on the technical side of it, is that you really are running your own business. Like, yes, you get lots of support from your brokerage and, you know, the teams that you're on or whatever, but you are like independent contractor. You're running your own business when you're an agent. It's probably another big expectation that new agents and even existing agents, because you can be selling real estate, right? And still not run your business like a business. And so much of that needs to come back to the elements of building your real estate business. And how do you look at things like what are my expenses and what can I spend money on? What are non-negotiable things that I need to be doing? What are my client expectations and how do I have a way to reach out to my clients through different systems and tools that I'm using? Do I have a marketing budget? So many of these things are afterthoughts because they don't invest the money and the time in putting the strategy together to get it running like a well-oiled machine. How am I taking care of my contracts? What happens once I actually get something under a contract? You know, really taking a, a hot minute and running through the scenario, especially for those who've never owned a business before. Like the example I told you, you the lady transitioned from corporate America, never ran a business before in her life. And, you know, quickly realized that, oh gosh, I'm actually, you know, running a business, this is not a job. So, you know, the expectations are really, really different of, of you when you are running your business like a business and, and not thinking of it as a job. Real estate is a career and it's a lifestyle. And it is so many things that a corporate job is not. And you have to have those ducks in a row and you're constantly going to be realigning them through your entire time that you're in the business. Girl, you, like, you know, I'm a huge Gallup Strengths fan. So I, talk, <laughs> I, right, I live and breathe it all the time. And the thing that you're talking about, right, when it's like you really are running a business and it's very different than corporate America and you're doing so many different things that maybe you didn't have to do before. One of the things that we know through Gallup Shrinks is that you very rarely find well-rounded people, but there's more well-rounded teams, meaning like for me, as an example, 
four of my top five strengths for my Gallup strengths fall into the strategy domain. There's strategic domain, there's relationship domain, there's influencing domain, and there is an executing domain. Well, some of my strategy strengths, because I have things like ideation and futuristic and strategic, I love to plan, I love to plan, I love to plan. Well, sometimes that means I end up doing more planning and less executing. One of the things that I have found out is that when, like the point that you're making is that sometimes when you get into a career of real estate and you realize that it is a lifestyle and there are so many different elements that you're responsible for, you become aware very fast of the things that you're really strong at and the things that you're like, oh, there's parts of this job that maybe are not my strengths. But that's okay because one of the things I heard you say as well is that when you become very aware of like what lights your world on fire what feels really good for you to do there are so many amazing people and vendors and so much support out there that can help support an agent that if you don't like part of the job or you don't feel like it is your highest and best use or your greatest strength you can get help for that somewhere. Like when you're building a business, like don't spend the time doing all of the things that you're not really good at, like get the right people around you and you'll be able to produce a lot better. But it takes a lot. Like some of us had to learn that lesson the hard way and you have to understand those pieces of it. And that's part of the whole reason why we're doing this podcast is to really help people. Like it takes a lot of time, whether you're a brand new agent or you've been in the industry for a very long time, because of how the world is changing, it's really important to constantly self-assess and audit. Like, what am I really good at? Where are my gaps? What are the solutions that I can find to help fill some of these gaps so that I can continue doing what I'm good at and helping people find the homes and the properties that they're looking for? A hundred percent. And you brought up a really good point. And it is something that is very popular, especially in the last, let's just say five years. And when a brand new real estate agent is coming into the business for the very first time, they sometimes seek to join a real estate team because they don't want to go out and do it all on their own because they don't know really what the expectations are, or maybe they really do understand the expectations and it's overwhelming and they just want mentorship and someone to guide them along the way. So we've really seen a paradigm shift in the, in the real estate industry where we've seen a really strong producer that is a good business owner and has set up the leverage points in their business to leverage things like photography, social media marketing, you know, doing their transaction management. And what they find is they have more time to sell. And what they also find is that they're building a well-oiled machine for producing contracts and they are welcoming agents who are new into the business or even those that are not because it doesn't it's not just for new people, but you know, some they're they're coming in And even though they're doing a different commission split internally, because the agent isn't always, is not getting a hundred percent of it, they're actually outperforming and outproducing and making more money than some single agents because they've put the leverage points in place to run the business like a business. Mm, That's awesome. 
It is awesome. And it's, and it's a team. It's a great place for someone who desire, who someone who wants to get into the real estate world. Um, someone who is not interested right now in running their business like a business, but they still want to practice real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's options among real estate teams to look for someone to kind of take those pieces out. Because if you are a brand new agent coming into the real estate industry and you do not join a team, it's just really, really important that you know and understand and take the time to put the business plan together because there are a lot of moving parts and sometimes it's confusing in terms of what you need to do, but you can build such a thriving and amazing business. And that is what really lures people to this industry because of that unlimited earning potential and the freedom and flexibility that it brings. So true. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like there are so many different successful models in this industry. It's all about being self-aware and understanding what is the best environment for you to thrive in? Are you a lone ranger? Like, do you just want to do it on your own and you're a self-motivated self-starter? Or, you know, are you someone who like you need to be held accountable? Like you work better in a structured environment. You work better when there is the energy of a group or, or something like that. I think that's what's so exciting about the potential of this industry. Like you're saying, Carrie, is that there are just so many different models that people can operate in. And you can run your own business. You can be part of a team. You could try different aspects of it. Because one thing that I actually think is also really interesting, because we talk about new agents, we talk about existing agents who've been in this for a long time. But what about agents that are getting ready to retire? Because this industry is different than corporate America, that transition planning is also a little bit different. So maybe you've been going at this like long and hard for, you know, years years upon years, but you're ready to kind of pull back a little bit. How do you continue to leverage the value that you've built in your business while starting to transition to whatever comes next for you? And so I think that from an agent expectation standpoint, it's so important to continue to evaluate where you are, evaluate where it is that you want to be, and then make the determination of what is going to create the best environment for you to exceed your wildest expectations. Yeah. And the agent retirement is, is a huge thing. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that do not plan right for that. And you will see agents continuing to sell past when they maybe want to be. Now, real estate agents could be a a different beast and some of them just love it so much that (laughs) they don't want to, they don't want to give it up. And I know several agents that are that way, but there, you know, with, with proper planning and execution, there are ways for people to retire out of the business, continue to earn money on the business that they built and not have to actually go out and, you know, drive, buyers around and, and, you know, list houses. So there's, there's options with that. It, it really just, again, is that expectation. Like, what do you want? And how do you make a plan to get there? One thing that you had touched on earlier as we were kind of prepping and talking about this concept, and I think it's a really good point to make is 
when we were talking about expectations coming into the industry, you had mentioned something about how fixated or enamored people become with the contract aspect of the job because that's what the licensing process focuses on. Can you talk a little bit more about that and like what you have seen in in your time in real estate of like where people come in at, but where they probably really need their mindset to be in order to hit the ground running? Well, I'm going to give you two perspectives on that, okay? The first one is when I would sit down and talk with a brand new agent that wanted to join our firm. One of the first questions I would say is, you know, why do you want to get into real estate? And if I heard, oh my gosh, I just love watching TV shows about real estate. (laughs) And I love, I love walking through houses. I was like, okay, I'm going to set a hard reality for you. And I really gave them an expectation story of here's the deal. You spend very little time in houses as a real estate agent. (laughs) You're not working with people on redesigning their homes with, you know, $200,000 budgets. Like that's not the way that real estate is actually done. So I always used to try to give them a really hard dose of reality. And so they had an expectation of what to really expect when you are becoming a real estate agent, because that's just not how, that's just not how it goes. I always laugh about that. So I think the other piece, Kristen, that you talked about was the contract piece. So often when new agents are coming in because they're freshly out of the real estate licensing courses where they have to do the prerequisite, you know, newly licensed agents are so worried about the contracts. And I'll ask, you know, what are you most worried about? Oh gosh, you know, when do you use the contracts for this, that, or the other thing, right? And the reality is, You don't have to worry about the contracts until you get a client to actually write the contract for. And and there, and there's so many people that will help you with contracts. It's kind of, it's the role of the broker. Many firms will have mentors and other people that will help them walk through, you know, contract piece. It's actually, I'm not saying it's not important because it's a hundred percent important, but there are so many people that can help you write a good contract. And most firms are going to want to review your contracts the first couple of times anyways, but they, they're not worried about finding the business. And that is the number one reason why agents are failing out of the business is because they're not finding enough business. You know, what we talked about it a little bit in the beginning is, you know, going out and making a big splash to your sphere of influence saying, you know, Hey, I'm in real estate now, you know, send me all your referrals. And they're like, I know four or five different agents. And then you find out that your best friend's sister's mom just sold their house with another person in your office and you're mad because you don't know why you didn't get that yes. contract. Yes. And you know, your expectation is, is that it's just going to all come to you and you do have to earn it. And it's gritty. It is really, really gritty. It is one of the pieces that I've heard so much as, well, I don't want to bother people. I don't know what to say. (laughs) You know, I I don't want to reach out to them again. And the cool thing is, is that there are ways to build this in and have just amazing, valuable conversations with people who already know and love you. 
I challenge anybody who is listening to this podcast to go talk to a seasoned agent and ask them, where did you get your last 10 transactions from? And Mm. you know what they're going to do is they're going to tell you that they got it through their sphere. They either got it through a referral from a past client or somebody that they know. That is the biggest way for you to get your business launched and to keep your business going. You can run all the marketing dollars that you want. And, uh, you know, especially in the beginning of your business, if you are taking the practice of leading by revenue, you know, you probably don't have a huge marketing budget if you're not producing. And if you do, you're only going to spend it for so long until you start producing. So coming in with a plan to have that conversation with your sphere on a consistent basis and finding ways for you to authentically speak with them where you don't feel like you're bothering them, but rather you're kindly tapping them on the shoulder and saying, Hey, Kristen, how's it going? I see that you were just on vacation. That's amazing. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that we're getting into the spring market right now. And if you know anyone who's looking to sell their house or someone who's looking to buy, I would absolutely love to work with them. Oh my gosh. And, and you know, what, what you do right there is go out on your Facebook. I can see that you were just on vacation. I have a meaningful relevant conversation with you. And then I come in and I ask, and I'm not necessarily asking you, but I'm asking you if you know anybody. And it opens up a dialogue to have an authentic conversation. And the reality is, is that person might not know somebody today, but it might be three months from now. It might be a year from now. And if you can stay in contact with them and remain top of mind, you're going to earn that business. And that is so different than what approach most new agents do, where their expectations are, if I publish it, they will come. If I just put the <laughs> ask out there, they will come. And, and it's a slow, it's slow. And it's, it's a drift that comes in. But once you start doing it, and you start, um, you start having more success with it, it'll take your production month, you know, from, you know, maybe three, four transactions to, you know, five, six, seven, uh, just because you've been working your sphere and working those people. I don't mean to pat myself on the back too hard, but I'm really glad I asked you that question because that (laughs) was fantastic. And the point is people come in so focused on the contract aspect of the business. There are people to help you with that. You really need to be focusing on the people side of it so that you could even get into contract and working that sphere and staying top of mind. I think you captured that brilliantly. I'm going to put you on the spot. I don't know if you'll know the number off the top of your head, but I've heard you say it time and time again is the rebuttal to the people that say like, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to reach out to them again. There was some type of statistic or data point that you shared once that most deals or most sales are converted after the X number of touch points. Do you remember off the top of your head? Like what that number was? Oh, absolutely. I was like, okay, what number is she going to ask for? So here's how it goes. Okay. 80% of agents will contact somebody once. 2% will contact them more than once. 
and the sale isn't converted typically between the seventh and the 12th touch to that person. That is only 1% of agents that do that, but agents <laughs> that do that discipline where they know I've got a con I have to stay in contact with these people and I've got to, you know, I can't be asking the same things like, Hey, Kristen, are you thinking about buying a house this month? <laughs> oh no. Okay. I'll call you back next month and see. If <laughs> yeah. Buying, it does, house, doesn't work right? that like, way. No, it doesn't work that way. But you know, you've got to be strategic. You've got to be creative. You got to be disciplined and you, you have to learn how to go out in there and, and do that job and know that's exactly what it is. It's really no different than any other business. Any business is always going to be looking for new clients, right? And how you get them is going to be up to the, how you run your business. This was the other number I was like, Ooh, what question is she going to ask? But when I said before, anybody that's listening to this podcast, ask a successful agent for where they got their transactions from for the last 10 closings. And um, the number is six, 67% of an agent's business actually comes from sphere of influence and, and referrals. So I believe that. Yes. It's the best way to get your business up and going. And, and it's not a one and done. It is a, how am I going to have this conversation again, but different, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, how am I communicating with them? What are things that I am, that I can do and, and how am I going to run my business that way? So I can, have a consistent flow of business that's coming in. That is excellent. So we've talked a lot about agent expectations, what they think it's going to be like coming into real estate, what it's actually like, where they need to be focused, where they need to be focused, maybe a little bit less, but still super important. One question that I do have is, you know, we talked about expectations from all these different angles, the agent angle, the brokerage angle, and even the client customer angle. When you think about real estate from the technical aspects of the job and like brokerage support, because I'm hearing you talk about working your sphere and how do you become more strategic and how do you diversify how you're reaching out to them? How important is it when it comes to the brokerage support? What are agents looking for or what are their expectations in terms of tools and the things that they're using, whether it is tools or education or technology, what are they expecting that they're getting support on from, from the brokerages that they're selecting? Sure. I would say that first and foremost, the expectation comes down to communication. Mm. Um, I think they are, you know, expecting someone to be able to hold their hand, to guide them and point them to what they need to be doing, okay? Communicating with them on different changes that are happening within the brokerages, um, understanding different technologies that's coming in and out or that's available, training, all of that. I think that at the forefront, it is 100% communication. A brokerage that does not communicate with their agents will end up losing agents or agents will end up feeling that they are ignored and they're not supported. And that's why communication is, is, is huge. Training is super important, but it's also subjective. And what I mean by that is 
a new agent's training schedule and calendar is going to look really different than a top producer. And so it's really kind of knowing and understanding what a training calendar looks like and training for a new agent is going to be super, super important. It's, it's more coaching with the um, existing agent. They, they're going to want to get a little more intimate. Like, this is how I've been doing things. Do you have suggestions on how I can do, be doing it better? Or I want to change this about my business. How can I come in and, and do this? So mm-hmm. they need someone who's going to intimately sit down with them, knows the industry, knows how others are being successful in being able to run different things and help them be a change agent in the way that they want to run their business or, you know, really elevate the things that they're doing well and, and helping them say, if this isn't working, then just stop doing it. So, you know, I think that in terms of expectations from a brokerage standpoint, the, the final piece I would say that would go in there is going to be really, really strong um, support um, with negotiations and contracts. You know, it's, I kind of tongue in cheek said, don't worry about the contracts, new agents, (laughs) right? But you need to worry about the contracts and you need to worry about the contracts for a ton of different reasons. A lot of it is just legal financial pieces. You can really get yourself in a pickle if you don't write the right things. And Mm -hmm. it can cost money and reputation and it could be really bad for business. And honestly, it's so stressful when those things can happen too. And that's why when a new agent comes in, they have a lot of stress and anxiety over that, which they should, but they need to get the business first. And a good brokerage is going to have more than one person on staff that's you're going to be able to pick up the phone and you're going to be able to say, hey, this is a situation that I have how do I take care of this or how should I write this in the contract or it's it's just a myriad of things that could come up. So the competent managing broker that can really help them through contracts and negotiations is going to be an expectation that every single agent should want and care about. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I'd like to know where you stand on this. I saw something the other day. It was like a statistic that said realtors earning $100,000 or more in gross commission income are more than twice as likely to use advanced technology tools like a CRM than agents who earn less. So what are your thoughts on CRM usage? Because I get that maybe part of the technology offering of a brokerage that you're with, but in, and there's probably some people who like, I have my systems and processes, I don't need it. And then there are people who maybe like really lean into that because I think from like an expectation standpoint, like whether the broker expects it or the agent requests it, I guess, like, what are your thoughts from an expectation standpoint on CRM usage? Does it make a big deal? And should agents expect, like, if you're not leaning into this, you should be, or where's your head at with that? Well, I love CRM. So that's a really bad question. I kind of thought you were going to say something like that. It was was like leading the witness or whatever they say in the court. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm sure she's going to only answer this one way. Like, you better be doing it or you else. You better be doing it, right? You know, here's the thing is that CRMs are only as good as the data and the usage that someone is willing to put in there. It is not this magical thing that you load contacts in and then all of a sudden the you know it just starts giving you business you have to work it you have to understand it you have to have a strategy on how to do it you have to have the disciplines to come in and do it i have even outside the real estate industry worked with so many clients in my career that are in love with an idea of a crm but they don't have the business disciplines to do it and mm-hmm. i'm here to tell you that a good top producing real estate agent, real estate agent team is using a CRM and they are, they're probably only using about 30% of the functionality within the CRM. And that's okay. Find something that works and freaking own it, rock (laughs) it. You know, you don't have to use every single bell and whistle that is available in the different CRM systems that are out there. And they're all good. Actually, do you want to know what the best CRM system is that's out there, Kristen? What? One that somebody uses. (laughs) (laughs) Is that like a a dad joke or something? (laughs) Yeah, right? That's great. I love that. That's fantastic. (laughs) Right? But it's, you know, so is it necessary? No. Do you, do you absolutely need it? No, people can run a business with, or people can run their real estate business without the use of a CRM. Um, you know, if a CRM is overwhelming for you in the beginning, then maybe you wait and, you know, make it a year to business practice, but at minimum, make sure you're capturing the name, phone number, email address, and any contact information that you can possibly get for every person and every lead that you are capturing and have a place to put it. Even if it's an Excel spreadsheet, like it's okay for it to be there because that you can always take that data and you can import it into the various CRM systems that are out there and, and run your business off of that. I know that from even the elements training that you do when you go into like database best practices and stuff like that, your system should be making your life easier. You know, like if if you're finding yourself struggling working with a CRM, like there's a good chance you're just not using it the right way. Like make it work for you. There's so many different automations and workflow processes and different things that I like CRMs are so agile and flexible. I just think it is a really important thing that people do focus on, especially when you're looking to grow your business, when you're looking to grow your income. And so many brokerages invest in awesome technology for their agents to use. And I want to circle back to something that you had said earlier when we started talking about the brokerage topic is you talked about communication. And, you know, you talked about the expectation of a broker communicating to an agent and having done or spent years um, of my career working in cultural development, working in communication best practices, I just want to stress the point that agent um, to broker communication is also extremely important. I can guarantee you that your broker wants you to succeed. Like that is the coolest thing about this relationship. It's like when you win, we win, right? Like they are legitimately there to create an environment 
to give you the tools to help you be so successful. And so from an expectation standpoint, your broker wants you to communicate with them as well. Like talk to them about your challenges, ask them for help. Like they will, they will do it. The good ones will do it. And, you know, I just encourage people to continue to focus on that. And just know that if you feel, if you're confident that you've been doing it and you're not seeing the change that you need to be successful, then maybe you're just in the wrong spot. But I just wanted to touch on that from a communication standpoint, because I could not agree with you more. I think communication, even outside of real estate in general, it is such a critical function. And I also want to use it to transition unless you, do you have any other points on the brokerage piece of it before I transition into the client customers aspect of this? No, I mean, we could, we could probably do a whole podcast on it. You know, I, I think the, the communication piece in what you said before, it's a partnership. Yes. So the success is mutual. They, they don't succeed unless you succeed. And if you're struggling, have a conversation with your brokerage, you know, they're, they're there to support you. They'll get you in touch with a, a top producing agent or you know, get you into a program. There's amazing programs all over the industry. And of course, you can come through our program, shameless plug. But sometimes you need to hear things more than once. And sometimes you need to experience things in more than one way. So if you're struggling, reach out to your brokerage, tell them what your issues are and find out what type of support and programs that they have for you to get into your business, you know, faster and, and, and just really blow it up because the potential is there. It's I love it. hundred percent there. So let's it. talk Kristen client expectations. What do you got for me? Okay. So first off, I have to say that I am so shocked at how much client customer education needs to take place in the real estate world. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like, I don't, like, they have no idea like how it actually works. And I'm going to totally date myself here because I know it doesn't necessarily work this way, but I'm sure it's still happening is this whole phrase of, I was just driving through the neighborhood. So I called the name on the sign. And so they're like, they see another sign. So they just call that name on the sign. And I think about things like buyer agency and all of the technicalities that go into this world of real estate. And when I think about client customer expectations, you know, I think about, again, what does an agent think when they're getting into the industry of like, oh, my clients are just going to communicate great and people are just going to come to me and everyone's going to know that I'm here to help them and, you know, this, that. But I really don't think that a lot of people understand how it works. So how many times do agents get up and running and then they just keep tripping on this, like you thought it worked how? Like you, you bought a new car while you were in escrow or you know, you, you have an accepted offer and you quit your job. Like, I don't know. I just think about all of these unexpected things that pop up because of, again, mismanaged expectations or unclear expectations or just things just being aligned. So I'm really excited to talk about this segment because I do think that it's one of those things that maybe through communication, people just are not aligned or on the same page. So I guess, can you affirm, is there a huge client customer education piece when it comes to being an agent? And do you think agents expect that or they fully realize exactly how big the gap is when they get into this industry? 
Oh my god, you have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Um, um, Here's the thing: hundred percent, it happens. It's probably going to happen eighty to ninety percent of the time, Kristen. You know, Mm -hmm. but here's the thing: this is what's really awesome. The agent is the communication driver to sit down and have a conversation with that client and make sure that they know and understand how to use an agent in their particular situation. Obviously, huge differences if you're buying versus selling, right? A good agent is going to sit a prospective client down and say, okay, let me educate you on how to work with me. You educate me on what your goals are so we can work together on achieving them. And I was just recently with a real estate client of ours that was recording a testimonial. And there was a couple that had come into their office and they were relocating from another area. It was like a two hour relocation. So it wasn't like, you know, flying in or anything, but we're in a fast selling market right now, almost everywhere. We have inventory issues and these particular people were going to have to put an offer in on a house that they've never seen before in person. And they had to be educated on how to be able to do that. You know, starting first and foremost with, do you have your financing ducks in a row? Where's your pre-approval letter? Do you have to sell your other house? How much money do you have to go over asking price if you are going to go over asking price? And just so you know, it's happening in this market. So be prepared for that. And don't call it on the sign. Call me if you see yes. something. Yes. <laughs> you know, don't go, don't go on Zillow and click request a showing. You're going to get, <laughs> you know, you're going to get a plethora of agents that are going to call. I'm your agent. I'm here to work for you. And, it, you know, so it's really, really important that the agent knows and understands that the, their role is to sit down and have an expectation conversation with that client and find out what do they know and what do they not know and make sure that they understand how to work with them and educate them on what your processes are. You know, every part of the country is different. You know, there's even differences within communities that are 30 miles apart and just the way that business can be transacted. So the expectation of just knowing what the client is expecting, you have to sit down and just have a conversation with them. And yes, it's easier to text. And that's like the, if I got a text or if I got a phone call right now, I wouldn't take it, right? If I got a text message right now, I could potentially read it. But if I am going to make one of the biggest financial decisions of my life, I am telling you right now, those people are willing to pick up the phone and have a conversation with you if they are serious. And they have more questions than you could probably even anticipate. And it's the best way to build rapport and make sure that you are their agent of choice just by having really good communication with them. Mm -hmm. 
you know that's really a good point because when we talk about client customer expectations agent expectations of client customers i think that's a big piece we're seeing in all sorts of different industries is that not everybody has the same communication preferences that you do and you have to be so agile to be able to change the way that you communicate with the different types of personalities that you're working with day in and day out. And I think that you also make a really good point of like, I love digital communication. Like you can text me, you can email me. It's probably my preferred format of communication. Hold hold, hold on. Did you buy a car through text messaging? Oh, yes. Through email, actually. Oh, Uh, email? Yes, it really was. It was um, the guy we (laughs) buy our cars from. Like he just happened to email me and I'm like, if he would have called me, I would have never taken that call. I don't have, I didn't have time to take that call. I was in meetings all day. That's so funny that you bring this up because he just emailed me and he's like, Hey, I wanted to check in see how things were doing with this. And you know, this is the vehicle that's coming out now, like blah, 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 blah. I'm like, when my reply was, when can I come and test drive it? And next thing you know, like I probably drove home with it the very next day. And I had to tell him like, you know, I would have never done this if you wouldn't have emailed me. It, it was, it's, it's a true story. It was a totally true story. I love that you brought that up. But, and the point is, because you're kind of hitting on it, is like circumstantial based is that although I prefer digital communication and absolutely love it, there are certain things or circumstances where I just need to talk to somebody. Like we cannot do this through email. We cannot do this through text. We cannot do this, you know, whatever. It is a face-to-face conversation or it is a, you know, phone call that we need to have because we need tone of voice and we need to be able to use all of our words and you know all of those things that I think are so critical and communication is really a common thread that is popping up throughout this entire podcast when we talk about agent expectations broker expectations client customer expectations and how we continue to manage those so that we are all getting what we expect out of these interactions with each other and I think that you look at the email situation with buying a car, when you really look at that, there was already a relationship there. Yes. And you have the ability to change the way that you communicate if you already established a relationship. I just wanted to bring that point out because I'm like, here I am saying, you know, call them, they'll take the call, they're going to do it. And then you're like, well, I bought a car through email. Yes. <laughs> you were educated on the process. You purchased cars before, right? Yes. And it's your, it's your style. You knew him. You trusted him. You knew he was going to take care of you. And it just happened to work that way. It's just a expectations of the client. It's just how it can change. And you have to be agile in your way of communicating. Yes. You know, Carrie, I actually think about that too with, um, like even e-signatures nowadays, like I think about like back in the day where everything was a wet signature and you didn't like, it was almost like a big deal. Like when you were coming in to sign paperwork for this or that, it made it more formal. And so imagine just the different generations of people that real estate agents are working with and how maybe e-signing an offer or documents or whatever would feel very like nerve wracking or um, foreign to somebody that is older who had never 
never been used to doing something that way, you know, versus someone being like, you want me to like actually come in to sign this? Like, wait, I am so confused. And so I think about that. There's just so many different angles that we're approaching situations with, communication with, so many different generations. There's so many variables at play that everyone is going to have it a little bit different. And I just think from an expectation standpoint, it's very important to have that client education, you know, to be able to, as you were saying earlier, as we started talking about this segment is helping to educate them to understand like, what does this process look like? What can you expect? Here's what I will do for you. You know, here's what I need you to do or not to do. And really just make sure that you're building that in as part of your process, because when that goes sideways, it these these transactions can be stressful no matter what because right you think about appraisals and you think about inspections and you think about walkthroughs and all the other things that need to happen you know to get to the closing table and for everything to work well when you can build good processes and systems to like to build these experience touch points in it's going to help make everything go a lot smoother and it's going to help manage the client expectations while also helping the real estate agent avoid some of these unexpected things that pop up that could make a deal go sideways and make the just the career the work feel more stressful than what it needs to be you'll never completely avoid it but you'll be able to easily um, navigate through them when you do some of this work in the front end of it couldn't agree with you more so we covered a lot of ground Yes, we did. It was is high level overview talking about expectations. And really, you know, the motivation of this podcast is really about education. It's about helping people recognize where are some of the gaps? How are you self assessing? What is the environment that you're going to create to help you be most successful, whether you're considering a career in real estate, whether you've been doing it for a long time, and you're just looking to like sharpen your tools and your skills and see how you can get more deals and make things better. Or maybe you're on the leadership side of real estate, and you're really looking to engage your team and help make sure that agents are developing and seeing the results and having the experiences that you're looking for. So I know we love this. Carrie, is there anything that you want to add on the topic before we wrap it up today? So my final little golden nugget that I would like to put in about expectations was exactly the theme that you talked about communication. If something doesn't feel right, ask more questions. If you don't understand, ask more questions, whether you're asking your clients, whether you are talking with your brokerage or you're having an honest, authentic conversation with yourself communicating and understanding what you need to do is going to help bring fresh perspective to your expectations. And it's really going to help you live the best life ever in your real estate career. Well said, Carrie. So that's all we have for today's Golden Power Hour podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and are looking for more ways to develop and grow your real estate business, check us out at mygoldenlink.com. So have a great day and stay golden.